I'm Ray Rogers. And I'm Annie Evans, co-host of today's episode. You're listening to Fix This, a podcast exploring tech ideas and solutions to some of today's largest challenges. Annie and I both start our mornings with a cup of coffee. Sometimes, maybe two. And we're not alone. Every day, millions of people in all corners of the world sit down to enjoy a cup of coffee. Whether it's a quick caffeine boost or a communal activity, drinking coffee is here to stay. But just like the buildings we inhabit and the cars we choose to drive, every day we are presented with choices that give each of us the opportunity to make a difference, however big or small. And when it comes to drinking coffee, Starbucks is well aware of the amount of choices each person has. And it is on a mission to create and lead a sustainable future where we can all sit and enjoy the pleasure of a cup of coffee. Starbucks builds an Amazon Web Services to power its loyalty program and mobile order and pay functions accessible through its mobile application. By using the AWS Customer Carbon Footprint Tool, helping to shape and announce the sustainability pillar for the AWS Well-Architected Framework, and leveraging other AWS services to analyze data and make sustainable business decisions, Starbucks continues to put sustainability at the forefront of its goals. Ray sat down with Drew Engelson, Director of Engineering Unified Commerce Platform at Starbucks, to learn more about how Starbucks scales to meet the needs of its global customer base, while keeping sustainability top of mind, and what other organizations can learn about adopting a sustainable technologist mindset. Take a listen. My name is Drew Engelson. Well, I've always been sort of a tree hugger at heart. Uh, in my personal life, uh, we spend a lot of time, money, and energy uh, trying to do right by the planet. Uh, that includes solar panels on our house. Uh, we have an electric car. I basically bike everywhere. Uh, in fact, I chose my home based on my ability to bike and boat commute to work. Uh, and that boat, by the way, will be converted to fully electric in the next year or two. With the chickens and bees in my backyard, we get eggs and honey. Uh, those bees pollinate fruit trees. So we, we try and, and be as sort of uh, planet friendly as we possibly can. Um, and of course, I always bring my own reusable cups to Starbucks. I know in the past, I felt that my personal values were were distinct from what I did at work. I typically always selected projects that I felt I could really feel good about. Uh, and Starbucks does have very audacious planet positive goals, but there didn't seem to be any direct connection between my daily job and those bigger enterprise ideas. Uh, and that was true up until about three years ago. My teams are responsible for the, you know, the design, engineering, and deployment and support of two critical capabilities for Starbucks. We get approximately two and a half million orders per day placed through the mobile app. So my teams are responsible for two parts of that. One is the actual order and pay platform. And secondarily is the loyalty program, Starbucks Rewards. How it was built factored into its sustainability, uh, which really started out as an accident. Um, we do focus a lot on cost optimization, and as we'll see, and, um, and it may be obvious to some, but driving down cost has a direct correlation to driving down carbon and energy needed, uh, especially when you're in the cloud. Tell us a little bit more about what you mean about the connection between cost optimization in the cloud and sustainability. We were able to really get our costs down um, by putting a lot of focus on having great observability and constant tuning and checking and tuning and checking and iterating over and over again. It was a little bit later when I got very interested in wondering what the planetary impact is uh, of the services that we're building. Uh, and after doing quite a bit of research and quite a bit of, you know, talking to people in the industry at AWS, 
uh, other people who were trying to figure out this same problem, we realized that you know our carbon footprint very likely also went down uh, during that same time period. I found at that time there was not a lot of data around for me to quickly say yes, it's it was this and now it's this, um, and I can measure that you know the impact that we've had of, of our optimizations. I took it upon myself uh, really to kind of lead one of our Hack Week projects. Uh, to build a dashboard, making many assumptions about how we translate cloud usage to carbon and, or, or energy and then carbon, um, and try to identify several proxy metrics, cost being an, an easy one, uh, but also other things like you know compute hours and EC2 and so forth. Um, we did that in just a few days, just trying to kind of get some numbers on the on the on a board. Uh, I built a dashboard that really showed and, and it, it sort of validated my assumption. And you know the curve very closely matched uh, our cost curve, right? As as maybe to be expected, but it really validated that that assumption. And this was very scrappy. Uh, it looked very pretty, but it was knowingly um, not accurate. Uh, the hope was that at least we'd get some directional uh, data, and you know the directions showed carbon was going down where we expected it to go down. Uh, and it wasn't until uh, after several back and forths with with AWS and their sustainability team, um, that we were given some carbon numbers. Um, just you know, here's a number. This was your carbon footprint for last year. It did show the same kind of decrease, the same uh, sort of size of decrease, same percentage decrease, which I thought at the time was roughly 30, 35 percent. Um, the numbers seemed to match that too. What was way off was the actual number. And in my dashboard, my original dashboard was about an order of magnitude too high, uh, which was greatly surprising, but also thrilling at the same time to know that um, really by using the cloud the way we were, um, our footprint was way smaller than I expected it to be. Are there any other data sets or points that you're most interested in when you are analyzing your work's environmental impact? If we look at our carbon footprint over time, it may grow, it may shrink, but our, but our business is constantly changing. Um, so what we're also looking at is, and trying to get to that, we're not really there yet, but we're trying to get there, is to really kind of look at our carbon per meaningful business unit. And, and you know, in the sort of mobile order and pay space, that means that, you know, carbon per order. I want to look at that over time. And, you know, as we continue to get more orders and, and thrown, running through our platform, um, you know, is our is our carbon efficiency getting better or worse? Um, so we're looking at sort of the per unit metrics. Uh, we're looking at really, again, as I said before, trying to build this into our normal processes. Um, one of the people who, who's focused on this right now is in our quality engineering team. You know, part of our our quality process, I want to understand um, carbon as a quality that we test for and look at regularly. And I believe that as you know, a director of, of, of engineers, my job is to bring the best engineering out of that team. Um, and you know, one of the ways I've, I've kind of set myself on this mission to really augment the definition of engineering excellence, uh, you know, and really by adding green software to that mix. You know, as engineers, engineering is our craft. We you know we build high quality, scalable, resilient. Uh, you know, applications, uh, and we need to add green applications to that, you know, that conversation. And as engineers, we do this because it's just what we do. We're good at what yeah, we I do. It's, it's our it's our industry. It's our craft. And we are good at that. Have you inspired others at Starbucks to think more sustainably in how they approach their own work? And do you have any anecdotes to share? 
So, so one of the ways I, I continue to share and talk about this is, you know, we have every opportunity I, I have, and uh, I will present some topic about how to be a sustainable technologist and what that means. Um, we had a recent internal conference, uh, you know, every Starbucks, uh, you know, corporate employee is invited to this, uh, whether they're in technology or not. Uh, and it was entitled, you know, are you a sustainable technologist? Uh, and it was really less a question, more of a challenge, uh, saying you need to be a sustainable technologist. And yes, you can be one if you so choose. Um, another one was we took a, a one of our internal websites, which was actually very nicely designed. It was very nicely architected, performed quite well. If you look at it through all the, the sort of parameters and ways you would measure a successful website, um, you know, it, it actually got very high scores. But I took that as an example and pulled together uh, about, you know, 30 or so people who ran through a workshop. We decided to pick it apart and say, what if our goal is not only to make sure it looks nice, performs well, you know, scales and, and handles the traffic and so forth and, and delivers up on those requirements, but what if we wouldn't optimize for carbon? What would we, what would we do differently? Um, and get people's hands dirty and thinking about what is really the what carbon footprint of a website? Where does the carbon come from? And what could we do uh, to help reduce it? And there's lots of surprising things come out. Um, you know, for example, uh, I think a huge chunk of a, you know, the overall carbon footprint of a website has to do with the the viewers, the browser and the device that it's being viewed on, right? Especially for a very high traffic site. Um, we get millions of visitors to our sites on a daily basis. And, um, you know, if, you know, even one JavaScript file can be slimmed down or one, you know, uh, image could be optimized and converted to a more efficient format, uh, you know, that image will have to be trans, you know, uh, it will save you know, many, 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 many gigabytes of data, if not more than that, um, you know, on a, on a regular basis. And, and that's the kind of stuff that really helps reduce the CPU needed to render a website or the amount of data that needs to be transferred between this, you know, the client and server. These are the kind of things we're trying to spark ideas and, and have people get excited about and bring to their own teams. How have your personal and company-wide or team-wide sustainability goals changed over time? I think we're at a point now where we can actually measure in basically a real time some of the changes we make. So that actually will allow us to put goals into our monthly, quarterly, annual basis to say, hey, based on where we are today, let's get these numbers down by a certain percentage um, and make sure we have these, you know, these goals documented and put into, um, you know, our, our plan and measure how we do against that. There's gonna be at some point, we'll reach a point where we're just like super efficient, you know, and, and green and, um, you know, we're actually not too far away from that. It doesn't mean we should stop optimizing, um, but I think at some point you do reach diminishing returns, you know, with the amount of work and effort putting into it and what you're gonna get out of it. Um, but when we hit that point, we'll at least be well aware of it. Uh, we'll be able to do it with data backing it and, and we can decide at every point, um, you know, is this decision we're going to make, this change we're going to make, this new thing we're going to add, um, you know, what is the impact? And think of carbon as a cost. I think of carbon very much as a cost of doing business. Um, and I look for, just like I might choose different vendors based on the cost it, uh, it to, to me, um, I, I look at the various options on carbon uh, and its cost to me as well. And we can hopefully uh, use that and, and drive decisions moving forward. What's keeping you optimistic? When I talk to others, 
and I see the sheer excitement and the eyes being kind of opened and the smiles on their faces um, because you realize that like they get it, right? And they get it too. And they can bring that back to their work and their teams, uh, whether it be at Starbucks or, or elsewhere, it doesn't matter so much to me. Um, but the fact that it, it seems to be an inspiring topic and, mo and a motivating topic. Um, so the more people I see with, you know, with that big grin on their face and knowing they're going to kind of bring this back to their company and, and do something about it, um, you know, that actually keeps me extremely excited about this. And what's next for your team? One of the things we're really trying to do is to really measure real time and, and really even before we go into production, we want to understand what the carbon impact is of a given build of our software platform or a particular service. Um, and just get that more wired into just the business as usual. Right now, it's a little bit off to the side, but we're going to make it front and center right along everything else we do. And what advice would you offer other employees, whether they're at Starbucks or not at Starbucks, looking to make a difference? Are you a sustainable technologist? Uh, and I hope you will realize the answer to that question is yes, you can do it. If you liked today's episode, listen back to episode 65 to hear how Salesforce uses the AWS Customer Carbon Footprint Tool and how it innovates on behalf of its customers and planet Earth using sustainability best practices. And remember to join the conversation on social media with hashtag FixThisByAWS. A huge thank you to our guest, Drew, and thank you for tuning in. If you like today's show, please remember to subscribe, rate, review, and share. We'll be here on the next one.